All right, welcome to the Eric Trice Toward podcast. Uh, this week I have Mike Moran. How's it going, Mike? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. Do you go by Mike or Michael? Uh, either one. Mike most of the time, though. Okay. But mostly I don't give a shit. Heck, yeah, that's fair. That's you can fair. call me Bill if you want to. I don't care. It's, it's your, that's your thing. That's, that's your decision. <laughs> you give, give up host rights very quickly. That's, that's very impressive. Just not, not something I care about, you know. Yeah. You can call me whatever. <laughs> Well, you are a stand-up comic, podcast host, and uh, improviser from... Is that what I'd call you, improviser? How, how would I call that? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I still haven't taken the time to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Improv but, actor. I mean, everybody's an improviser, right? I guess. At some I, mean, time. I, I don't know. I have writers that dictate everything I say. <laughs> this is all scripted for you. Yeah, it's my basic. Well, my wife basically. <laughs> that's, that's a little <laughs> she holds up cue cards like at the appropriate times. Yeah, I would actually be nice because I, I would fuck up in less social situations. But like, <laughs> no, I definitely. She's the one I come to where I'm like, I mean, I'm not a comic. I just do a podcast. But at any right. time, so I'll, so I'll ask her like, anytime I have like a tweet or a Facebook thing I want to put up, I'm like, can you punch this up for me? Like you're way funnier. Really? Than I am. Yeah. Is she yeah. a comic? Nope. Um, she has no interest in that whatsoever, but she's just, it's like, uh, it's like that naturally funny, but also witty kind of thing. And then it makes I'm me not angry. With that. Yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know people in my life, both in music and in comedy or acting where they're all just like, they have the skills, but they have absolutely no desire to pursue it. And then yeah. me and all my untalented friends are working our asses yeah. off to try to. I'm keep... the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You're um, located in Baltimore. Uh, yes. Just tell us some of the the. Uh, I know I just described kind of like what what you do, but can you tell us a little bit about the podcast? A little bit about um, any improv and stand up that you do. Uh, well, the podcast is called Digression Sessions, and it's uh, it's really Josh Cadernas podcast. I'm just kind of his. Uh, his side man he does most of the work um yeah, we've had him man. we i've had him on <laughs> he's yeah. uh yeah, yeah he was awesome yeah um and we mostly interview it kind of started with just interviewing friends and local comedians and and just whoever else we could get you know um other podcasters and uh, it's gotten bigger over the years, mostly thanks to Josh's efforts. And um, we've had Pat Oswald on recently. Um, we've also had uh, Seton Smith from uh, the show Mulaney, who was like a local Baltimore guy mm -hmm. who went from like doing the shitty open mics to being famous all of a sudden. <laughs> and um, we've had Ralphie May. We've had Brian Husky. And we mostly just, I don't want to say interview because we we try to avoid like the standard behind the music questions, you know, <laughs> of like, so what, what got you started? And, uh, you know, yeah. um, <clears throat> have you always liked comedy? <laughs> I steer head like... first in those questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do sometimes too, but like, we try to keep it a little more, um, you know, like more of a conversation type of thing. Yeah. Well, th and, those are and also... a little weirder, yeah. you know, like a little into the, the more existential. Yeah. Those are also those basic questions are also ones that like, Famous people or whatever you want to call famous um, have answered a million fucking times. They don't yeah. want to talk about the process. They don't. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. We well, how do you more. end up doing that? Like, how how uh, how can, how do you avoid the typical questions? Um, just by being weird, I think. You know, like <laughs> just uh, say whatever comes in. 
Yeah, like I, I, I don't know. Like my, I, for myself, I can't speak for Josh, but I know for me, like my brain will be, it'll come up with with something I really want to ask or I really want to know, and like the the adult part of my brain will be like, "Don't ask that. That's not an appropriate interview question. This is going to be stupid." And uh, but then like the you know the the other part of me is like, "Eh, screw it. Just go for it." Yeah. And um, so we end up just getting into these like bizarre conversations and, and talk about things that you you wouldn't expect in an interview. Um, you know, like me, me and Pat Oswald had a long talk about our favorite like uh, H.P. Lovecraft. stories. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that also helps you know. from knowing a really deep, I guess, interest of the uh, the person that you're interviewing. Um. Josh probably takes the time to research that stuff. <laughs> I mean, right. for me, it's more, um, it's more like, uh, I, I don't know. I think I've, I've always just kind of, uh, I've gotten the, maybe it's just because I'm terrible at social situations. I don't want to talk to people about normal things. Uh, so I, I try to find something um that is more interesting or you know i don't know i like to find the weirder parts of people and um you know i think i do that in conversation probably inappropriately <laughs> so it kind of i guess it kind of comes out um with are you generally a, like a curious person about other people at least i am um i'm definitely <laughs> not curious about <laughs> i'm definitely <laughs> bi curious right now yeah um I think I uh, am curious, but not about like what you ate last night or like um, what what uh, shows you're watching necessarily. Um, not that I'm, you know, think I'm really intelligent or anything. I'm just weird, and uh, you know, I um, yeah, I, I feel like I, I have this weird thing where I like people like open up to me really easily which is oh, that's cool. cool why do you think that is that's interesting i don't know i don't know it's strange um i guess they i don't know i have no idea well i, I think it goes along with the curious thing where if you show a genuine curiosity even if it's mm -hmm. like even if you're just well when you say uh you're not curious about like the the, the bs things like whatever you know what did you eat last night what, what are you wearing oh. yeah um i actually think that that shows a genuine curiosity you're you're not interested in the stock questions you're interested in I, from what I gather, understanding something about the person on a deeper level. Yeah, and humans are pretty them, interesting. You know, humans are pretty complex and interesting if you can, like, get past the, the social norms of yeah. conversation. And that is the worst. That's actually why um, I really, really enjoy when I have a, a friend, or, like, my wife does this a lot, where they can contain or whatever, maintain normal conversation, and I can, like, I don't know. <laughs> Tell me if you do this. I everybody I know thinks I'm a lunatic for doing this. Every like ten to twenty minutes of um, social interaction, I usually have to dive into my phone for like just a couple of seconds, just to kind of refresh and come back. Uh, to to escape or to look up something that they're talking about? No, to, oh no, no, to escape. To, to, <laughs> To like re recalibrate my, I don't know. It's so much sustained. Uh, <laughs> what does yeah. what does the Nasdaq mean? <laughs> Let me Wikipedia that real quick. No, my friends aren't doing that well. Let's right. let's not get out of ourselves here. <laughs> um. So what do you mean? Just just uh, you have to go into your phone to just like uh, refresh my brain, just like reset okay. it, and just be like, I need to. I, I don't even have to pay attention to what I'm looking at. Like sometimes, right. like yeah. 
it's it's a weird comfort thing these days to to go into your phone yeah this is my universe i don't need to oh to be fair though before i had a smartphone i would just chug water and then have to force myself to have to go to the bathroom every every so often really like that was my that's my exit strategy yeah yeah. i can definitely relate to looking forward to going to the bathroom in social situations (laughs) i never had the foresight to drink a lot of water so that it was genuine (laughs) <laughs> so you're covering, you cover all the bases. So if anybody was in there with you, they could confirm that you actually did take a healthy piss. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For that me, be... they'd just be like, he was wandering in the stall. <laughs> Pacing back and forth. <laughs> yes. I, although I admit I have... Um, I have gone to the bathroom to, uh, to like, uh, blow my nose. Pick, just grab a paper towel, blow my nose if I don't have to go to the bathroom. Right. Um, but I'm to this day, I'm worried people throughout my life think I have like a Coke problem or something. <laughs> I'm already jittery as it is. Yeah. I just keep going to the bathroom and <gasps> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's funny. I've actually yeah. been, um, I've, I've learned the trick of putting baby powder on my greasy face before I go on stage. So I don't look all huh. shiny. So I'm like walking around with a little baggie full of white powder, like going in the bathroom. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And then I've got it like all caked all over my face and shit. Well, that's that's good. That's it's not like they're cocaine and comedy are synonymous. It's not like anybody. No, I don't. Think I don't think there's ever been a cokehead, and I don't think there's ever been any substance abuse issues with any not comedian, really so far as I know. Enter- entertainment in general is a very drug-free environment. It, it really I've, is. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Free. So, good. Uh, so sorry. So I met um my in laws this weekend uh, and a scheduling thing. Um, I'm doing these from there, so I'm on my laptop. So mm-hmm. uh, I excuse. I'm not this laggy in real life. I don't know if it's if it's done that for you yet. Um, but not I'm really. definitely lagging. Oh, good. Okay. Well, that makes me feel better. Um. No, okay. So anyway. Uh, so, uh, what'd you have for dinner last night? And also, sub question: How'd you get into comedy? No, uh, uh, actually, dinner I had. Oh, that's that an awesome little thing. Oh yeah, that'll happen. Did it get all? all right. Uh, you you just sounded like you were being sucked into the uh, the abyss. You there? Uh oh. Hello now. Oh. I don't like the way I look in this little icon. My head is way too long. Hey. Oh, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. Well, go figure it. Right. The second I decide to point out <laughs> that things are going slowly, it, it cut out. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, all right, cool. So uh, I was about to start asking you stock comedy questions, but this is one thing that I'm actually like really genuinely interested in. Yeah. Uh, sure. Is how people not just get into doing comedy, but get into enjoying comedy over 
other art forms. It's also, it's interesting just in general to me how people go into art as opposed to all of the much more socially accepted forms of recreational activities in their mm -hmm. youths. Like it's always, it's interesting to me when people choose even music over like sports or something like that kind of right. thing takes a genuine, you have to have veered pretty far off course to yeah. like want to start your own band or get on stage right. and do comedy. Um, so what about comedy? Uh, I guess when you first experienced it, not necessarily doing it, but just like, watching a special or catching, I don't know, going to a show, what was it, what, could you remember that moment when you kind of realized like this art form is different than everything else in life? Like there's um, just something special about this. That's a really good question. I'm, I'm thinking two different things. I, I think like, um, I, I realized how much I like to laugh and how much I like silliness. I think with Bert and Ernie, honestly, <laughs> really, <laughs> I think so. That was like the first thing that was like kind of, you know, when you're a kid that's that actually has like genuine humor, you know, like it's kind of like a, a less formed uh, version of like adult humor, kind of like mm -hmm. the straight man, silly man. Um, and I just remember as a kid, just just I had it was me and my other funny friend and we were just like, you know, we just thought we were hilarious and we just loved laughing all the time. And I don't know, I guess I just always held on to that and um, just noticed that I could, you know, there, there's, I had very little going for me throughout school besides being able to make people laugh occasionally. And, um, but often I was way too weird even for that. But, uh, it, it, weirdly music was the thing that I dreamed about though. Like I was definitely the kid that, you know, while all the other kids decided they're going to be sports heroes, I decided I was going to be a rock star in like second grade. Um, and uh, that was the thing that I fantasized about forever and still kind of do. And um, but I just was I just had such a terrible work ethic throughout <laughs> my whole life until I was like 22 or so. Yeah. Do you ever uh, play? Really like, yeah, I do have uh, uh, two kind of bands going right now. Um, I'm not great at it, but I just really love doing it. Yeah. And um, as far as I, I don't really remember like when I. I don't know. I've just always loved good comedy. Like the, the Simpsons on Thursday nights with my dad and pizza was just like the greatest thing for me. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know. I, I really didn't think I was going to be, it's, it's really weird. Like I'm still just like stunned that I am a comedian, you know, like I'm still just like, like people are always asking me like, what, you know, like, are you, do you get frustrated with your career? Do you wish you were further? Like, are, are you going to try to do this and this and this? And I'm like, I'm still just like riding the, the, white cloud of like wow i get to be a comedian yeah yeah because i really didn't start i didn't even think about it until i was 27 28 or so and um it, it really wasn't like part of the plan so you know i was always like ah, it'd be cool to try and open mic sometime yeah. or to uh take an improv class or whatever but uh you know I, I had no idea that i could like actually be a comedian and that's like what i would be doing yeah. so i'm like still really just like grateful for that you know that's a little similar to when uh seinfeld was asked about being a comic he would always say he never wanted thought about being famous never thought about being you know successful he just saw guys doing comedy and thought i want to be one of those guys it's more important yeah. to me to be one of those guys than it is anything that comes after that um yeah which yeah, sounds like a, a really healthy attitude to take on it so you're not Definitely. coming in with weird expectations i've seen in the music world, I've played in bands forever. 
in the music world, I've seen um, musicians come in with that attitude mm-hmm. and burn out very quickly the second you hit a couple of roadblocks. Um, right. But like, yeah, you come in the attitude is like, I don't care what happens. I need to be this thing. This needs to be. Yeah, me. exactly. Like it just needs to be like, I definitely to the point where it's like, I just have to do it, you know? Yeah. Like unless something changes drastically inside of me, I just, you know, I have to do it for the rest of my life. Like I yeah. plan on just doing it almost every night for the rest of my life if I can. Yeah. Nice. Uh, now, how are you as far as financially? Do you have, I, uh, I just was, you know, Facebook stalking you the other day and I saw, did you just leave your job? Is that? <laughs> I did. I quit my, uh, my table waiting job and am uh, Uber driving now. Oh, nice. Oh, that's yeah. Which oh, is like, I, great for promotion. Cause you get to talk to people all day long and they're yeah. totally into, you know, the fact that I do comedy and podcasts and stuff. Yeah. You, you, you put some recordings of yours in the CD player and he's like, yeah, it's just a funny guy. <laughs> then halfway through the ride, they realized like, wait, you sound a lot like this guy. Yeah. Uh, well, number one, my car isn't from uh, 2002. So there's <laughs> no CD. <laughs> oh, wow. Damn. Sorry. Was that, was that mean? I guess. No, I I, I'm not, dude, I had a, I had a disc. I had a, first of all, I didn't get a CD player until 1999. And I didn't stop just using in time a CD for player. <laughs> yes, just in time for three dollar bills, y'all. And I didn't, I didn't stop using my CD player until like 2010. So I'm, I can't talk. <laughs> but with Uber, they make you get a newer car, so yeah. it doesn't have a disc. <laughs> a disc really, that's really cool that you're doing that. I always say that um, musicians need to learn a lot from comedians about making art, in the sense mm-hmm. that. Um, a lot of times musicians, they write a song in their basement, they teach mm-hmm. it to their band and they go and play it live and they record it. And that's that. But it never right. tend, it's some, some, a lot of songs will evolve over time, but not the way like a comics bit does. And I think that mm-hmm. that's, that's very like, you actually get to like, I guess, um, whatever, uh, like crowdsource your, not your material, but crowdsource, like a response to your material. You get focus groups every night. Um, and yeah, so, is is that so? Do you try to write music like that? Like go to open mics and try it out, and then like revamp it and try it again? For my main band, kind of, it's more like I'll change things up at shows if things are one or another. But I'll also send for real demos to other musicians and producers and say mm-hmm. any any advice. And I'd say there were maybe our, my band's last uh, EP. We probably used four or five suggestions from people who. Wow. Yeah, that's but awesome. The other, the other thing is, we we make sure that our producer and engineer are all um, very trusted people that we listen to their yeah. advice on a lot. But so I feel like that's something that musicians need to learn from comics. But comics absolutely need to learn how to market themselves for musicians and how to hustle. Okay. And like, so when you tell me you're you can your promotional like value from Uber driving to me, that sounds like a musician thinking that sounds like mm-hmm. a rapper who's putting his mixtape, that guy who just got fired for putting <laughs> his mixtape in happy meals. Like right. that's the kind that, <laughs> Did that really happened. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. And that got him more publicity than anything else. Um, yeah, yeah. The problem was I bet his mixtape was dog shit. And so like, right. there's no way that he's probably going to monetize that. Um, right. But like, that's kind of, but that's that, I don't know. That's just, the hustle from musicians who know what they're doing. Like, and I know some comics do it, but it's like when people talk about um, how Kevin Hart, like what he was doing, it's like, Oh my God, what an, or Dane cook with MySpace or Kevin Hart with mailing lists and whatnot. Uh-huh. Um, it was like, wow, they hustled harder than anybody. No wonder they're the most famous comedian in the world. That's what every 
like hardworking open mic band does. Like it's really? just, it's, it's yeah, in the band world, it's, it's even hard to promote to people because anybody you're trying to promote to has already been handed like 14 flyers that day right. and received yeah. 10 messages on Facebook from, from bands yeah. that week, whatever. Um, but that's really, really cool that you're, hmm. you're figuring so, out so ways to hustle. <laughs> what? uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really like, uh, yeah, it's cool. Like I, I don't, you know, I, it's not like I'm playing the podcast in the car or, or like my stand up in the car. <laughs> yo, but... yo, yo, watch this part. Listen to this part. Listen to this part. <laughs> But it does come up with like almost every customer, yeah. And uh, I did actually the other night. They asked me to play some of my stand-up, so I did. But um, what 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 God, tips could you give me? Like <laughs> nightmare scenario. <laughs> You're just hoping they laugh. Otherwise, you get an awkward car ride. They were so drunk that uh, yeah. you know it didn't matter either. Way. But um, what what kind of tips could you give? Like what 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 do you think comedians could be doing that musicians are doing? Well, you could read my article series on how to build up a fan base on babe.tv, eight part articles. Okay. No, um, no, um, well, it's like, no, send it to me. I'll definitely read it. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's, uh, uh, the short of it would just be kind of what, what you're doing is finding new ways to, to interact with, or sorry, see, this is where music and comedy scenes can kind of be different. Whereas mm -hmm. if you're, um, if you're in a band, the vast majority of people at the show, assuming people promoted it right and tried to get people out, are going to be people who are just there to see music. With right. open mics for in comedy, it's mostly comedians there. Right. So when you're at that open mic, you end up in a situation where, as cooperative as it can be sometimes, everyone in there is kind of competing with you for spots, kind of competing with you for yeah, you know, this or that. Or at the very least, they're not reflective of a general audience. Just like mm -hmm. musicians are not reflective of a general music listening audience. They know too much. <laughs> so they, right. they experience it differently. Right, so right. like, um, so the promotion at an open mic for a band is very different than a comic. But so, so that is to say if a comic is performing and there are lots of people like in the crowd uh, that aren't comics, you obviously, you want to do that thing that everyone talked about Kevin Hart's people for doing, which was going around getting everyone's email like yeah, I, I wouldn't I, recommend yeah. doing that per se because that's mm -hmm. a little two thousand and you know eight or whatever. Right. Um, but the thing that uh, bands do or bands should be doing is um, getting uh, you uh, like my band does this. We went to Vista Print. We all these bands were doing download cards, which require oh. um, you know you got your album on whatever site you're hosting it on. You hand out the download card or you sell it, and then it gives them a code. They go in, they enter the code, they get a download, and then there. And it's got your band name on it so people can remember who you are. That's awesome. Problem was, it's really expensive to do that. Everyone has to have their own code, and it's a lot of clicking and entering information that who wants to right. do that for a band you've never heard of? Um, mm -hmm. So what we did was we got, um, we got we went to Vistaprint. We got 5,000 download cards for about 75 bucks. They look really, really nice. Uh, our mm -hmm. singer did graphic design on both sides because that's what people are going to, before they even decide to check you out, they're just going to see the image that you give them, the name mm -hmm. that you have, and that's it. Um, and all we did was put our, just our band camp and Facebook information on there. Like the simplest thing. Like, and you know, next time I do download cards, if I do one for this podcast, which I'm sure I will, I'll probably just go Google Eric tries too hard. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking too. Yeah. Is like you don't really need to give specifics these days. You can look up anybody if you just know their name. You know. Yeah, and the trick is just like make everything. it make it easy for them. Make it extremely mm -hmm. easy for them, and that's really that's really so. That's one of you know 
800 random tips, but that's as far as just what you can do on a day-to-day basis to get right. stuff out there. And then the right. other is, um, this is my favorite tip that I actually like took me forever to figure out is that your target audience isn't necessarily the tar- the audience you think it is. It's usually a smaller subsect of it. Mm-hmm. So like, well, I'm just, so I don't have to like transfer all the references. Let me just do it for like what I would do for my band. Mm-hmm. My band is a pop punk band. Um, let's take another pop punk band. That's much, much bigger all time low that we were discussing before. Cause they're from Baltimore. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it would seem like the best place for me to promote my band is outside of an all time low show. Right. It's got all the mm-hmm. people who, but, yeah. but that's, but every time we do something like that, you pass out like, you know, 500 cards, maybe two or three people check it out. Even mm-hmm. if you had personal interaction with these people, which is usually the, the trick. If, you, if I had done that at a basement show with five people, all five of them checked out the band. So I was right. like, why is, where, where is this discrepancy? Why is that? And the issue is if you're, um, a pop punk band, your fan, your target audience is going to be pop punk fans because pop punk fans don't necessarily go to shows, go to mm. local shows. They don't necessarily care about going to check out new music. Your right. target audience for a band, regardless of genre, is people who go to local shows and people who are interested in checking out local music. Then you have mm. to go from there and figure out, okay, where are the people who like my genre of music who also fit those other categories? And it's the same thing with you guys. It's just because somebody goes and sees, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of another super famous stand-up uh, <laughs> today. Josh Caderna. Yeah, Josh Caderna. If, uh, yeah, <laughs> someone wants to go see him at the garden, garden being the place behind his house, then they're, they're not <laughs> um, I miss Josh. I haven't talked to him in like uh, weeks. I think we talked once online. Um, but like, well, say, say Kevin Hart. Or, or say Louis right. C.K. Not everyone who goes to see Louis C.K. every year when he comes to town also goes out to the sidebar open mic or Good to point. a local feature show at Magoobies. So what right. you want to do is you want to get the people who are already going to those places. Oh, here, mm-hmm. you know what? Podcasting. Um, and you might have heard this before. Um, they say your target audience, if you get your target audience for podcasting, isn't people who are into this thing that you're podcasting about. It's people right. who already listen to podcasts. That'd be like yeah. trying to get somebody to watch TV who's never watched TV before. You have to get yeah. them into a whole other medium. Right. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's really good. That's really good advice. What um, What would you do specifically if you were in my shoes doing the Uber driving? Ah, uh, shit. Oh, put me on the spot. You're a good, by the way, you're a really good interviewer. Thanks for having me on. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> Josh well, that's all our time. We got to yeah. go. Oh, shit. All right, man. Well, thank you. Can I, can I at least say my Twitter? Um, well, uh, the, sorry. No, 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 no Twitter on this podcast. Well, uh, I'm trying to, I, I think you're doing what you, you should be doing. I mean, handing out, uh, I don't know, can you, can you exclusively take people to and from comedy clubs? Can you like, only be willing? <laughs> Just like demand that they, no, we're going to the comedy club. Sorry. Oh, that'd be even better if they're drunk enough. I know you want to go home, me. but uh, your kids are well, going to have know. to wait. If Uber has, no, you can't really, I mean, you know, a lot of, I guess you could try to build up a clientele, but I, I even that I think is difficult because you kind of, you don't really get to choose who you get. Yeah. I think it would have yeah. to be something where someone would have to like text me specifically and then send out their little signal to the closest Uber driver when I'm in now, front of the house. Now, how do you feel about being, doing something very hacky? Because uh, <laughs> I have an idea. Um, Hacky as yeah. in I'm picking up 
writers? No, no, or... I mean like, I mean like, <laughs> no, I'm like hacking them to pieces and putting. No, them I mean your comedy. No. How do you feel about doing such? <laughs> no, I mean like not necessarily hacking comedy, but kind of like hacking marketing. So it'd be like, um, so if you're if you're, are you generally funny in real life? Uh, as in addition to being on stage. Um, sometimes okay. I think, <laughs> well, cause you could be not, not very often to be honest. Like I am, but, uh, not, not the way I am on stage. And now that I'm doing comedy, I like, I often don't feel like being funny when yeah. I'm not doing the podcast or, or on stage. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so the, the only way I could really think to, as far as from a marketing standpoint would be, uh, other than just getting download cards and being like, as you're in conversation, make sure it steers into some kind of comedy. And then you yeah. tell them you're a comedian and you go, oh, yeah, by the way, if you're ever interested, here's the card. And that's all you right. can really do. But mm -hmm. I would definitely, if you're able to consistently make for do whatever you have to, to make these people laugh in the car ride um, mm -hmm. to the point where they like, and you, you could just, you could, God, this is so hacky. You could market yourself as like the funny Uber driver or some fucking ridiculous name. Right. Um, and, uh, and then you would, your the download cards or whatever, the cards to find you online, you could definitely um, add, like market them that way and be like, oh, right. also, here's my, my numbers on the card. Anytime you want a ride and a laugh or whatever, I don't know, you can sleep. Right. No, anytime you want a ride and a laugh, you just text me and I'll, I'll come. I'll come pick you up kind of thing. The, that would be the weird like, thing. Yeah. The weird thing about that is like, you know, late at night, like uh, kind of hipsters and college students and, and bar goers like my comedy, I think generally, <laughs> but like older people, you know, like when you're, when you're supposed to like kind of the, the funny banter that you're supposed to do as a server or an Uber driver with kind of like middle-aged people, it isn't really, you know, my kind of comedy. Like you're yeah. supposed to, you know what I mean? And also a lot of younger people too. Like I can't really do like, like for years I would try to do like kind of waiter comedy. Like, Oh, somebody was hungry. Oh, you didn't like it at all. Did you? You know what I mean? And like, that's the type of comedy like people, most people eating at a restaurant want in their lives. And uh, I just can't do that. That's, that's the most depressing thing I've ever heard. Yeah. That's dude, have you ever waited heard. tables? It's like, it's nope. so bad. It's, <laughs> Working with the public is like so. It's like the anti comedy. Like I did, it's all I did, about yeah. mediocrity and catering to like the lowest common denominator. I did a, while everyone else was doing retail or, or uh, food service. I did uh, childcare, and uh, I got to tell you, I killed in front of those fourth graders. I'll bet you every did. day, <laughs> every day. Well, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. You just do a little <laughs> physical comedy, and they lose their right. Yeah. I'll bet. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Cool. Well, so. You had mentioned uh, quite some time ago um, that uh, <laughs> that you were like, yeah, comedy was never part of the plan. What was the plan at that point? Um, I don't know. I uh, I had kind of a weird life in that I, um, instead of going to college after high school or getting a real job, I got really drunk for about four years. <laughs> <laughs> you could have done that in either other, in either one though. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like the type of drunk where you can't do that type of stuff. Uh, and also just like really bad depression at that age that I didn't quite like know how to treat. So I, I really didn't do a whole lot from like 18 to 21 when I got sober, really 22 <laughs> was when I started doing stuff. Um, so it was like, I, I was like, had a shitty, you know, I was kind of a shitty person from, 18 to 21 and then i like kind of got my stuff together 
And then I kind of did all the things that you're supposed to do, like go back to school and get a steady job and get a steady girlfriend and talk about marriage. <laughs> and I still didn't know what I was going to do at that point, if I was going to be like a teacher or I remember thinking about like a park ranger. And I still, uh, I, you know, like I was doing all the things that like my parents wanted me to do and like my girlfriend wanted me to do and that I thought were kind of the, the right things that you're supposed to do when you get your life together. And, um, but I still wasn't sure. And I knew I wanted to get into performance, but I kept putting it off, you know? And then all of a sudden I was like 26, 27. I was like, Oh, this is not what I wanted to do with my twenties. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then I had like another really bad depression when I went off some medication and, um, I, so I, I still didn't know for like years, even into like, even until I was like 28, 29, I, I still was like kind of dabbling in comedy and didn't know if I could make it my thing. Um, and honestly, I still am not sure what I want to do with everything. I, I just want to have a little day job, I guess, and do comedy at night and do music occasionally. And I, I write as well. Yeah. But, you know, you don't make a lot of money from that. <laughs> um, so I'm pretty, I've, I've always been pretty responsible with money strangely um like I've, I've never really been in debt or anything like that i always had good credit um so you know it's not like i'm a, like starving to death but i'm definitely you know a, not a wealthy individual um and i live a pretty simple life like you know not drinking and uh not really you know doing anything extravagant has kind of left me with a really inexpensive life yep. living in baltimore is kind of cheap so I'm, I'm pretty sure i just want to do what i'm doing now for the rest of my life <laughs> that's awesome well, that's hopefully good. Yeah. hopefully continue to like get better at it and and you know yeah. kind of do bigger venues and you know eventually become like a, a regular headliner now do you make um, enough, enough money to just sustain yourself on comedy or various art forms or is it no just, no okay no that's so why a I'm lot of driving. uber driving yeah yeah yeah, I mean, you know, maybe in like a few years, but, you know, like I said, I'm not really in, in that much of a, a hurry. Like, I'm just so happy. Do Like, I was, I was really, really lost in my late 20s. I felt like a total loser who didn't know his play. I think I was like one of those guys that just needed to be creative and needed to live this type of life. And I was just too scared to for so mm -hmm. long. Um, and uh, so, you know, I'm just happy. You know, I have like more than enough money in the bank. Um, I, I don't have to worry about money as long as I just work a few hours a day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I'm pretty happy living like this. Um, you know, hopefully it'll become more professional as I go on, but, uh, I'm, I'm definitely not like making that my main priority. Um, partially out of laziness, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm just, you know, I'm in this for the long haul. So I'm yeah. fine with just taking it slowly and enjoying life. This is like the first time in a long time where I've just kind of been like, Oh, I like my life. And I just kind of have to keep doing these things daily, just do like a little bit every day. And, you know, I don't have, you know, for, for years, I just had that thing in the back of my head being like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. when are you going to get your shit together? Like, you know, I'll do it next week or like, I'll get started soon, you know? Um, so I'm just enjoying the way I'm living so much, uh, that I don't want to stop. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so I'm going to ask you a question and it's going to determine if we do another 10 minutes. Cause this was such a perfect like conclusion place. <laughs> um, but so 
are you interested in coming? I'm doing a group podcast in a few minutes. Are you interested uh-huh. in jumping on that? I'll just send Absolutely. you the link. Okay, yeah. sweet. Well, then let's wrap up here. Give me your plugs. I'm enjoying talking to you so much, but that was such a perfect, perfect, yeah. uh, perfect wrap up. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so give me give me any plugs, and then we'll I'll cancel it out, and then we will I'll send you a link to the next one. Okay. Uh, just check out the digression sessions. Um, uh, my Twitter is Mike Moran Wood, W-O-U-L-D. Uh, I have a column for Brightest Young Things called BYT Baltimore. Um, and I guess that's about it. Looked um, like you seeped into like plug Nirvana there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really every, if you listen to the digression sessions, I always fuck up the plugs. Like Josh has his ready to go. <laughs> He's ready. He's got them all down. And then I'm like, I'm like scrambling to find my phone. I'm like, oh crap, I forgot about this. Yeah. He's like, he's he's reminding me that I changed my my Twitter name. You know, like I'm giving him my old Twitter oh name. My <laughs> you guys listening, so. you have to understand the two of them are such a perfect pair. I didn't get to mention this to you, but like when I talked to Josh, I was like, it sounds like you guys have known each other since childhood. Like it's it's exactly. a perfect yeah. yeah. All right, sweet. Well, yeah, it's weird. We didn't yeah. meet until I was like 27 and she was like 22. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Well, I will say bye to you now and I'll see you in about two minutes. Okay. <laughs> All right, later. Bye.